Welcome along to today's episode of our podcast. Super excited to introduce today's guest. He's one of the leaders at arguably New Zealand's most successful tech companies, Zero. For those of you who don't know Zero, you must have been hiding under a rock. Uh, they have had a phenomenal growth on the New Zealand tech scene. So our guest today is Ryan Gizzy. He is the general manager of Global People Programs at Zero, And of course, he must be a great guy being called Ryan. Look, we get into discussing all sorts of interesting things in today's uh, podcast. Ryan really gets into the details about uh, what does flexible working look like? When does it happen? Where does it happen? How does it happen? Uh, and what are the nuts and bolts of flexible working? We, we even uh, dig deep on what are the challenges around that? So yes, we get it. Flexible working's good. People want it. It's, it's helpful but what are some of those challenges? So Ryan gives us insight into things like uh, reluctance from managers of people that want flexible working. We talk about role requirements where how do you do flexible working if there's, you know, for example, people are running a help desk and you literally need to man that help desk for the set hours. How do you build flexible working into those? Uh, we discuss what happens when people have unrealistic expectations around their opportunity for flexible working. Tune in today's episode. You're going to learn a lot about things that drive the success at zero and what flexible working can truly be all about. Ryan, very excited to have you on the uh, podcast today. You're the GM People Programs at Zero. Yep. Uh, I've been very fortunate to attend uh, one of your presentations and loved your insights around uh, people experience and what you're doing at Zero, and thought I uh, can't miss this opportunity to have you on the uh, podcast. Thanks Excellent. for coming in. Pleased to be here. Thank you. So let's start off with a bit of rapid fire. We need to <laughs> know uh, who's in the hot seat today. Okay. Uh, so Ryan, are you a breakfaster or a dinner guy? Oh, I guess it would have to be breakfast. Yeah, it's just so important. I need some energy to get me going in the morning. And so having my morning coffee and my muesli is uh, is, is my bag. So yeah, definitely yeah. breakfast. Nice, like it. And on holiday, are we more likely to find you bungee jumping or on a pool lounger? Oh gosh, that's tough. Yeah, I, I'd like to say both, but I, I become a bit of an adrenaline junkie, particularly coming to New Zealand, you know, Queenstown, adrenaline capital of the world. So, yeah, I think bungee jumping would be Love the way. it. Yeah. Love it. Have you done it? Uh, I have done it a few times, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Off the Sky Tower, off the Harbour Bridge, Taupo, oh, well, yeah, Queenstown. You're a, you're a seasoned campaigner. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. And I think this question might almost be redundant, but are we more likely to find you in trainers or dress shoes? Yeah, well, Zero's got a pretty flex dress code, yeah, so yeah. definitely the trainers, yeah. Love it, I'm love it. glad when I moved there to get rid of the shirt, tie, and um, yeah. smart shoes, so yeah. Because yeah. no one ever got to the end of their life going, I wish I'd done more ironing, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my wardrobe's much simpler now. Yeah, I, uh, I concur on that one. Um, when you're reading, are we more likely to find you reading a real book or electronic Kindle type, type version? Yeah, it was funny. I was having this conversation the other day, and, and particularly with young kids, you know, it's so important to um, get them away from their devices you know it's great that they're learning all these digital skills and, and using devices but I'm a physical book man yeah all day long nice and what are you most often reading are you reading fiction are you reading business books are you reading people yeah, and capability a bit of both you know I, I try and mix it up with a bit of fiction and, and, and some kind of professional type book so um, usually kind of one on one off keeps me keeps yeah. me um, yeah. pretty sane yeah. nice yeah good uh, good mix uh, big question cats or dogs Definitely cats. Oh. Got two at home. Sorry, a couple of rag dolls. They are just amazing. The kids okay. love them. Okay, I like you a little bit less, but we'll keep going. Uh, early riser or night owl? Yeah, I'm an early riser, so I, I get up early and I'm in the office usually by seven. 
uh, and I like to get home, you know, at a reasonable hour. I've two young kids, and so Fair. you know, spending that time with them in the sort of end of the day is really yeah. important for me. Brilliant, love it. Okay, entertainment. Are we more likely to find you watching a thriller or comedy? Oh yeah, I like a bit of comedy. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's lots to choose from now with Netflix and other kind of platforms out there. So yeah, I'm always seeking out the latest, greatest comedy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now uh, we're going to dive deep in on zero and uh, particularly the flexibility at work. Great. Uh, I know it's a bit of a passion for you. Uh, but before we go there, what was as a, as a youngster? What was your aspiration? Did you have a job in mind? Did you? What were you going to be when you grew up? Jeez, yeah, I was really into my tech when I was younger. Um, you know, I remember having a Commodore 64, and I was programming on that. Um, you know, I studied that at uh, college at uni. Uh, my first job, I was trained up as a Visual Basic developer. So, you know, I always saw myself as being a, a developer, a tech uh, geek, but quickly kind of realized as my personality developed and I realized I had a passion for people and not so much for technology. <laughs> uh, you know, over the years, I progressed more to that kind of people side of things, yeah. but kept my interest and in, in my passion with technology. Right. So, yeah, I completely thought I was going to be in that um, technology right. space. Yeah. And quite handy because you can talk ones and zeros with your people Absolutely. if you need to. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really handy when we're talking systems and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. with IT. So, yeah, yeah. I'm the go-to for that. Yeah. yeah, talk code. Love it. Okay, so let's dive into the uh, zero piece. How long have you been at, at zero now? Yeah, three and a half years now. Yeah, yeah it feels like okay. a lot longer, but it's uh, it's been amazing. Okay, and I think lots of us know the the zero brand. It's been uh, one of New Zealand's greatest tech success stories yeah. so far, and I think there's a, a a long way to go in the journey journey yet. Um, just give us a bit of a shape of the organisation. How many people? How many locations? That kind of yeah, goodness. So we are we like to think of ourselves as a startup, but we're twelve years old now. <laughs> And goodness, we've gone in that 12 years, we're now at 2,700 globally. You know, we're in, goodness, I want to get this wrong. It's something like eight countries, you know, half of those are in New Zealand. Most of the rest are in Australia, US and UK. Mm-hmm. And then we have some smaller offices in, in Asia and Europe and North America. So yeah, it's crazy. We're all over the place. <laughs> growing, growing big time. Yeah. Okay, and I know you use the word people experience rather than HR. Yeah. Can you give us your view on, on the difference there? Yeah, I, look, I think that comes from Rod's day. So Roger, the founder and former CEO, you know, he's always had a big passion for people and, and it's been a big part of how our really awesome culture has grown up and one of those key areas, you know, one of the values of being human. And, you know, early on, you know, I think it was part of the decision that we didn't want to think of our people as resources. Right. Um, and everything that we wanted to think about from a, an employee perspective was the experience. And so naturally, it just kind of went from a human resources, which is a very kind of 80s yes. term, to a more modern term, talking about people and talking about the experience they have. So naturally, that people experience is how we've, in the last several years, we've used that kind mm. of moniker. Mm. And I think we'll dive into this, but the quest for talent is is really tough. Yeah. And I think uh, probably human resources was a hangover from previous days where it was like, you're just lucky to have a job here, son. Yeah, that's it. Employee uh, number 47602. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those kind of things. Whereas now we're really competing for the very best, best talent. Uh, I think particularly in the tech space, a global shortage of great people that, that have the skills and the knowledge, but also fit with the culture of a, of a business. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So that, that focus 
business is, is amazing. Okay, uh, we really want to talk a bit about flexibility. I know it's a passion of yours. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I think you might even call it the silent enabler. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I've kind of been referring to that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, for me, it's gone from something that used to be, people used to refer to as a, a benefit. Oh, we have this great benefit. We allow flexible working, you know, and now it's not. It's absolutely expected. Uh, and so for, for us, it's just something that's part of our DNA and we've grown up with as part of our culture, but it is just a massive enabler for people, right? It's something that you just want to remove that barrier and it just allows them to, uh, to come in and be themselves and be more productive and all those great things. So, yeah. Okay. So when you think about flexibility in the, in the workplace, how do you think about it? What's the, what's the kind of shape that you, you use for flexibility? Is there a- yeah, I mean, you know, I've been out talking about this recently at conferences and forums, and yeah, we framed it up in four different ways. So you know, the first way is the thinking about flexibility from a, a when. So the hours, you know, and traditionally this would be, I have a formal contract that says um, I work part-time or I work nine to five or 10 to six or whatever it is. But our approach generally across flexibility is much more ad hoc and casual. So when we think about those hours, it may be that on this particular day, I come in early and leave early. On this particular day, I come in late and leave late. So yeah, that's how we think about the when, the kind of hours. The next is the where. So again, traditionally this may be, I work from the Auckland office in my contract. I work from home permanently. So again, we take that ad hoc, casual approach to next Wednesday, I need to be working from home because of reasons X, Y, and Z. And I live and breathe this, you know, I typically come in early and leave early. I typically work from home on a Wednesday, but that may change on a a daily basis. The third way we think about it, other than the when and the where, is the how. And the how for us, is how we enable that and for us it's technology. So you know, we've grown up in the cloud, Zero's products is cloud-based. All of our tools internally are cloud-based. And so what that means is whether you're on your mobile phone, on your personal device, on your work laptop, wherever you are, whenever you're working, that technology allows you to be productive, get access to your email, your productivity tools, or your documents. So the technology is a key part of the how. And then the final one is the what. And so when we think about flexibility more broadly, we think about things like um, global mobility, so opportunities to be seconded or permanently transferred between countries or offices. We talk about career opportunities. So with Zero's growth, you know, we've always got new opportunities, new roles coming up. You know, a huge investment in learning and development. So you know, that flexibility goes beyond the traditional thinking of hours way beyond that and it extends to flexibility in your career at zero. Your old-fashioned career where you may work in a, a very kind of linear, um, a vertical career, maybe at one or two companies, you know, that's changed. People want to move around. But if we can give them that gig opportunity, so I'm working in customer experience in Auckland and an opportunity comes up in sales and marketing in uh, Melbourne, just giving them those opportunities to have that flexibility around their career and their learning and their growth. So mm. it's kind of quite holistic and beyond the traditional ways of thinking about flexibility. Right. Such great approach, of course, the, uh, I've seen organizations think about flexibility and so often the policy is focused around the one person in the organization which might take advantage of the situation. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time focused on that. So actually if you spend more time focused on uh, you know, being an enabler, yeah. as, you, as you talk about, and then helping your people leaders deal with uh, or you know, encourage, uh, make the most out of that flexible working, you're gonna get way more bang for buck than uh, focusing on the, on the one person that might uh, take the mickey, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So 
what benefits have you observed at, at Zero by having this really uh, flexible approach to, to people and how they work? You know, we just see huge increases in engagement, satisfaction, productivity, uh, and all of those things all drive bottom line, right? So at the end of the day, if you've got satisfied, engaged, productive workers, you know, your customer um, um, success is going to yes. go up, your uh, revenue is going to go up, your costs are going to come down. So it's all about understanding why it's important for employees and then how that then impacts and flows onto zero as well. So yeah, it's just a no-brainer for us. Mm. Wellness in the workplace is a, is a popular topic these days. Yeah. Uh, have you seen flexibility have an impact on, on wellbeing? Yeah, definitely. Look, we track our engagement across a whole range of kind of foundational elements, and one of those is wellbeing, and we track that quite regularly, and we can draw the line quite clearly between our approach of flexible working and the impact on wellbeing. And employees tell us, right? It's to remove that barrier and know that they can work when and where and how they need to, um, just means they can come in and be this kind of authentic selves and they can um, be more productive and, and so it just removes any of those issues that I've seen and hear about causing people stress and, and other kind of issues. We focus very much on employees outcomes and their outputs. We're very clear uh, what the outcomes are that are expected and what the outputs are that are expected. And as long as I can manage those and track those, do I care if they're sat in front of me at the desk or on a beanbag in the cafe or at home or they're not in till 10 o'clock or they're, it's all irrelevant to me, right? As long as I'm tracking those things and we're both clear on them. Yeah, because I think we've, we've seen uh, so much evidential data that simply someone being sat at a desk for a period of time is there's, there's almost zero correlation between output. Yeah. Uh, saw a, a really interesting presentation from uh, the team at Prudential who've you know done the four-day work week uh, piece, and they quoted studies saying uh, people were engaged at the desk about 12% of the workday. <laughs> yeah, so this, it's crazy. I it's mean, such um, old school thinking to go. Yes. Uh, I'm going to get more value from my my people if I make sure they're at work at this time in the morning and they don't leave until that time. Yeah, and and, and that flexibility extends to our office environment, right? So you know, we have over a couple of years, zero has transition to agile based working right so a lot of companies have done that the last few years for for us it's um less about the old days of um you know not having a desk hot desk in i come in i don't have a desk i don't know where i'm going to sit for the day it's all about here is the neighborhood uh, on a daily basis i'm generally going to be, be able to come in and sit with my team now i'm going to be with my work colleagues but if I want to go and work in a quiet area in the office, I know there's that space. If I want to go and sit down and, and, and have a you know, private conversation with someone, I know there's someone to do that. If I want to go and sit in a beanbag in, a, in an area and work, if I want to go and have a stand-up with my team, or I want to do a collaboration, I want to go into a meeting and do a video conference, the office is set up specifically to allow that flexibility in how they work in the office. So, yeah, yeah, and it's, we have a very young workforce, right? The average age is 33, and so that very much fits with their style and their approach. Mm. Everyone's got sit-to-stand desks, um, and so a lot of people take the opportunity to use all those different spaces in the yeah, office. Yeah. Perfect. And I think what's coming through here is your holistic approach to flexibility. So it's not about going, oh, you can uh, start late or and, and uh, finish late or, or whatever it might be, but actually thinking about environment flexibility as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very good. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure like uh, any new initiative, and I know you've got a little, this is at your core, you know, you mentioned what, that Rod had kind of bought this as, a, as an ethos right from the beginning, but what challenges have you observed in, in trying to deliver a flexible environment, flexibility overall? Like a lot of companies, we're on a journey of upskilling them in terms of both their leadership and their managerial skills. And so capabilities are a big thing. So, you know, you have some managers perhaps who aren't necessarily having regular catch-ups with their employees, maybe haven't set very clear goals, aren't providing or asking for feedback. And so there's that fear there that if I can't see you sat uh, next to me or near me, how do I know what you're doing? And so there's some capability issues there around both ensuring that they have set up these regular cadences of catching up and having clear expectations and goals and feedback, um, but also how you manage that arrangement and ensuring that if that arrangement isn't quite working, they're seeing that it's impacting or affecting outputs or outcomes, that they're equipped to have those conversations and not kind of just push them into the corner. I guess expectations Maybe as well. give, us, give us an mm. example as the, because uh, uh, I, I can almost hear our audience going, yeah, yeah, but someone's going to take advantage of this. Yeah. You know, how, how, just give us an example. Have you, I'm sure you've had someone where they've, you know, gone beyond the boundary. Are there people that go, oh, great, you have a flexible work policy. Um, excellent. I'll work from home every day. Do they, is there sort of yeah, like so unrealistic expectations Unrealistic sometimes? expectations, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, some employees who want to crunch their hours down to such an extent, you know, one or two day weeks that they're not able to fulfill the requirements of the role. Or employees, you say, want to work from home permanently. And, you know, we're quite protective of our culture. And for us, a key part of that culture is the office environment, you know, that community of people coming together. So even for those those pods that we're trialing who are working from home permanently, even for the few employees that we do have those arrangements with, we're very conscious of getting them into the office regularly to keep them part of that. So we do have to manage expectations and you know, part of that conversation, whether it's between manager, employee or, or PX and employee is explaining to them and them understanding that, that um, it's got to work for the business as well. And you know, this has happened to one of my team members. So you know, for quality life, they wanted to move up north to Mangawai Heads and he wanted to work from home three days and come into the office two days. And so I explained to before I approved that, I wanted to speak to the rest of the team members in Auckland to ensure that they were okay with that because it's important that the team is also supportive and, and, and aware and that said, look, we'd need to track it. And if it's not working, then we need to. So again, it's about setting those expectations mm. up front so there's no yeah. surprises. And always being willing to uh, give things a try, but with the expectation that if it doesn't work, then we're gonna have to look for a different different setup, right? Correct. I think it's such a great way uh, to approach, you know, many things with your people, but certainly any kind of flexible working arrangement. You don't have to uh, agree to something that's gonna be locked in for the rest of their life. No, correct. Yeah. Let's yeah. get it, let's go, and and there's all those different areas you've talked about that you've got to go, is it working for the individual? Is it working for the business? Is it working for team members? Is the output that we're, we're after still still happening? Yeah. So let's kind of track all these all these things. Yeah, look, the culture, uh, the culture piece is, uh, you know, every, every people leader and hopefully every uh, um, business leader understands the importance of, importance of culture and so often people go yeah yeah we want a really great culture but actually how you deliver that can be can be very challenging uh, or it's a complex and, and diverse thing when you think about culture how do you how do you how do you kind of define it and what do you think about as being important to culture 
Yeah, look, I, you know, I, I, I think about this from my own perspective as well as my team members. So, you know, what I, what I look for and constantly strive for is that I wake up in the morning and, and I'm fully motivated and excited about going into work. You know, and I get into work and I'm super clear about what I'm working on and super clear around how that connects to what the company's strategic objectives are and what I'm doing and how that imp impacts on our kind of mission and purpose, right? What Zero offers, right, is accounting software. So you talk to someone and go, hey, you want to come and work for Zero? We, we produce accounting software. And you kind of think, eh, okay. So pumped. Yeah, accounting you, software. But then you talk to them about the mission and purpose and you say, what Zero strives to do is improve the lives of small business owners. And the way in which they aim to do that is to make the software so simple, so easy to use, and to automate as much of it as possible so we give time back to people to spend with their families and their community. And then you explain to people how what they do connects to that and impacts on that, and you start to kind of create this awesome connection, which to me is so important as part of your culture. Like, it's great, we have casual dress, we have this awesome work environment, you know, we have all the kind of bells and whistles that tech companies have, and that's great. but for, for me, a key part of that culture and that experience is, uh, is understanding the purpose and mission of the company and yeah. how what you do impacts mm. on that. Because that's what really kind of drives people, right? Is, Absolutely. You know, and sustains them over the long term. Yeah. Because the, the fact that I can sit in a beanbag is really cool this week, but the novelty will wear off. Um, the fact that I can uh, work from home one day a week, hey, that's good and it, it adds some value. But to sustain that engagement over time, absolutely connect, personal connection to what the organisation is doing yeah, overall, uh, critical. And a lot of these initiatives, whether it's flexible working, whether it's well-being, whether, you know, for us, these are about removing barriers and, and supporting and helping employees to take away a lot of that noise in their lives, right? So that they can just come in and be fully focused and be able to be fully productive without any of those barriers. So you can just be, you know, at your best every day. Yeah gold mm. well, well done Ryan well done yeah um, talk to us about uh, you've got different flex programs I think is the term term you use yeah give us give us some insights what are the different things you think about there yeah so one of the initiatives we've introduced in the customer experience area which is the area we knew we were going to have the most challenges because it's very traditional everyone's on shifts got to cover the customer and make sure that we're always responding to the Someone queries literally needs to be there to answer the phone answer the chat the, yeah the whatever right? yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So something we introduced was snooze. So what this basically allows you to do is flex your shift by half an hour each side. So if you're scheduled to work nine to four, you can flex that 8.30 to 3.30. And, and the intention is looking to move that to kind of a two hour flex. Right. So given um, not com the complete flexibility that everyone else has, but as much flexibility as we're allowed, we, we can and, and, and allowing them to work from home occasionally. So that's something we, we've looked at for our customer experience team. And help me understand, Ryan, when, when someone decides to, to snooze uh, or you know, start that half hour later, do they have to coordinate that with the team? Does someone else have to stay, stay later? Or it's all through an app? an app. So through our workforce planning, uh, they're continually tracking uh, how those requests are being made, how that's impacting on the resources at certain times of the day. And so they're continually tweaking the workforce planning and the shifts to enable that there's no really impact on our customers. Awesome. So 
again, technology coming into play, yeah, making it nice and easy for employees. Yep. So in the wellbeing space, yeah, we, something else we did in this kind of, in the wellbeing slash flexibility space, mental wellbeing is something that we have had a big focus on the last couple of years. You know, our engagement tool and the feedback through that has told us that things like workload and stress are big issues for us. You know, we're high growth, high pace environment. It's, you know, natural. There's There's a lot going on. Yeah, natural. There's going to be some challenges around mental well-being. And so to help kind of destigmatize it and normalize mental well-being, we took the decision to take our sick leave, which we are very fortunate in New Zealand. We offer 10 days and, and we offer that around the globe as well. And we actually just did something very simple and just switched it and called it well-being leave. And, you know, we, we said to employees, um, we understand that there are times that you um, need to be away from work, away from the office, not working, and not necessarily because you're physically ill. Um, You know, you don't need to give us all the details around that. We trust that if you need to take it, you will take it, and and that you're taking it for genuine reasons. Um, And so, yeah, again, that was something that there's been a big focus generally on mental well-being and and just kind of giving that signal out to employees that we trust you, you're adult human beings, you need to take that time, we trust that you take it and you need to take it, has been a big step for us, so yeah. Mm. 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 And if you uh, identify someone in the Zero team that is uh, struggling with mental well-being, in, a, in addition to obviously giving them the, the space through that leave, uh, how else do you try to support them in that, uh, you know, managing stress, are you able to give them tools, are you able to give them training, what, what else can you do? Yeah, so we have uh, a number of courses that we run. So we have a course that we run through a company called Umbrella, called Zero Thrive, and that's a half-day course that's really intended to give them some tools and practices and support around increasing their resilience. We've also created another course around psychological safety. So for primarily for teams to go along and understand how they can create this psychologically safe environment. You can come in, be yourself, feel that you can um, raise concerns. And mindfulness is another big piece as well. So we've been on a big um, two-year long-term strategy around implementing mindfulness across the business. And through the courses and support and resources we put in place, you know, we've had some amazing results with um, with mindfulness, just really, again, supporting employees to be more resilient, to reduce their stress, be more productive. Um, so, yeah, lots of kind of things we've been working on. The latest one, actually, that we're trying, we've just trialed this week and last week, is for our managers to go on a mental health first aid course. Right. So that's, um, we've done that through St. John's. And that is, again, uh, it's a one-day course, and it's intended to give our people leaders the basic tools and skills to identify when a team member is going through some mental distress to be able to have a conversation with them and not be a counsellor but know how to offer support so our here's our EAP or let's think about putting you through this Thrive course or have you considered mindfulness or you know just knowing where to point them and, and how to kind of how to kind of point them and, and give them the support they need. Which are such great skills and again comes back to that you know, manager or people leader capability is I think uh, many leaders can identify when someone in their team is, is struggling uh, but actually then having the tools around how do I have a conversation because I'm not a trained counsellor and I don't yeah. know what to do so maybe I'll just avoid it. Correct. Uh, actually Put being able corner. to have a, have a um, yeah, conversation. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. So, so okay. we had some good feedback and we're hopefully looking to roll that out across our people leaders as well. Yeah. 
Superb. And one of the other terms you've used is activity-based working. Is Give us some insight. Is that uh, the uh, focus around you know, outputs and deliverables, being clear on what people need to need to do? Is that the essence of activity-based working? It's, it's really about creating that flexibility in the work environment. So recognizing that you know, the days of people working in cube farms or just working sat at desks all day long is, is gone. You know, that isn't necessarily the way in which people want to work every day, all day. And so it's more about creating various spaces within the office to allow employees to choose the method and the way and the where in which they do their work. So it really is just about creating flexibility in the spaces within the office to allow people to work based on the acti specific activity that they're doing. So just really extending yeah, that flexibility yeah. into the office environment. Yeah, mm. yeah. superb. And uh, measuring the benefits of, of flexible working, Yeah. how have you tried to undertake that? Yeah, there's a big focus, um, particularly at zero, um, around data and analytics. So we ask some very specific questions every six months. Yeah, we ask employees, um, Zero provides me with um, enough flexibility to help me balance my work and personal life. Right. And 85% of employees provided a positive response to that. So not as high maybe as we'd like to have, but that's, you know, mm. we think that's a pretty good result and we continue to work on that. Do you have any idea of what uh, global benchmarks or New Zealand benchmarks might be around that? I mean, I suspect it's a lot lower, but do you Yeah, know? yeah, we, there was some stats actually that we saw from um, Statistics New Zealand mm -hmm. put out a survey and of everyone they surveyed, 50% said they had flexible working and around 80% of those said that they were um, satisfied versus something like 70% of those who didn't have flexibility. So we, that's kind of one of our kind of benchmarks. Right. You know, another, another question that we ask is, I do work flexibly ad hoc. So that kind of what I talked early on around that ad hoc um, kind of informal approach. And we have 80% of our employees, so four out of five who say that they work flexibly ad hoc, which is, you know, just speaks to how how kind of popular it is and, and, and how common it is with our particular with our young workforce, and how often they do that. Mm. And um, how ingrained it's become in the, in yeah. the organization. Yeah. yeah, so we measure that, we ask those whole bunch of other questions, you know, have you made a request? Was it accepted? If you feel you wanted to make a request, would it be accepted? So we get really positive responses to those questions. Right. And then we draw a line up from everything that we do, whether it's flexible working, well-being, growth and development lead everything leads up to our overall engagement and turnover statistics right and over the last three years we've seen a 20 percent reduction in our turnover and our, our employee net promoter score which is the the question that you ask would you recommend zero as a place to work it's tripled over the last three wow. years so That's you phenomenal. know we can really draw a line from everything we do into tangible kind of business metrics mm. so yeah. in talking about a 20 percent reduction in, in turnover i mean that's millions of dollars right there right yeah, yeah. correct yeah, yeah they <laughs> seen some various bits of research but they say depending on level of role somewhere between half the value of the salary up to two times the the salary and cost when yep. you start looking at opportunity cost of people having to retrain them and you know going through interview processes and onboarding and all those kind of things you know to get a 20 percent reduction i mean it's just that straight to bottom line dollars 
It is. It's massive. And when you talk about that being you know, 5% of your workforce and we're 2,700 people, you know, that's 135 odd people a year. And like you say, multiply that by the average salary and the low end of the 50%, yeah. it's several million it's dollars. Really so it's significant. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. So well, finance I think, are happy um, with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. And uh, I think... Um, those are those are great stats to take to your own uh, remuneration discussion, right? Absolutely. Look, 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 look yeah, what yeah, my yeah. team's delivered into it's the business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's all about my team, though. You know, and this is the great thing about um, being a leader, and, and a big thing that we we push at zero is is the servant leadership piece, right? You know, my my success is defined by my team's success, and so you know, I'm very fortunate to have a you know all millennial. Um, super driven, super motivated, high performing team. So um, yeah, I, I just kind of try and stay out of their way. Yeah, and uh, it's brilliant that you acknowledge the the strength in your team. But great teams don't happen by accident, right? No, that's you know, right. They, I've taken they, a few years around coaching, yeah, and helping, supporting, yeah, and developing them. Correct. So yeah. Yeah, well, well done you. Thanks. You know, someone's listening to this podcast and they're going, wow, I'm so on board with the flexible working, the things you've talked about sound, sound great. I'm really at the early stage of the journey in flexible working in my organization. Mm. Um, where would you suggest they start? What would be a, an early initiative? What are some of the things they need to make sure they have in place to kind of make sure it's a success to get going with? Whatever your workplace is, whatever organization or whatever sort of um, industry your organization is, our approach to all of these things is, is engaging and listening to employees, right? So yeah, it's great. We have this engagement survey, yet we can measure and show how everything's going. We can, managers can respond to feedback, but the absolute critical piece is that every quarter we go back to employees and we say, you told us, we listen, here's what we're doing just speaking to your employees asking them what is important and what's not important and how satisfied they are from that you're going to get some great insights and don't be afraid that you're not going to be able to resolve everything or give them everything they want just the fact that you've gone out and asked them and gone back and said we're listening and we're going to do something is really powerful so yeah. speak to them find out what's important find out what you can improve on and they're not happy about and do something with it and before you do that probably go and speak to your, your ceo and your xlt and get them to commit that when you're going to do this exercise that they're com- going to commit to do something about it right that, so. is, that is brilliant advice yeah <laughs> brilliant advice yeah that, that that's goal following those three uh simple steps or probably four if we include the make sure the uh executive level is on board yeah uh, but those three simple steps it's uh it's a keep it simple approach right go and talk to your people find out what they want you don't have to promise them the earth just no. ask ask initially go here's some things we'd like to like to try can we can we give those a whirl be open about uh as a business, what's important to them, what we still need to make make happen, and and have a discussion and take some action. Yeah, and, and along that same principle of agile, right? You know, in that engagement and throughout the process, you know, other than customers, king, bring together a cross-functional group, right? Bring together people from across the business. When you come up and you you design or you, you're coming up with something you want to deliver. Don't try and eat the elephant, right? Keep, keep it simple, iterate, try something, pilot it. Doesn't work, it's fine, pull it back, change it, improve it. Don't try and take a year to come up with this fully formed thing that you then launch and it doesn't work or it's not aligned with what people want. So keep it simple, keep it small, mm. iterate, change and, and, um, and mm. pilot and trial. Mm. 
you know, I mean, again, we do that with our product and we do that with all of our people initiatives. So, mm. Mm. And something that's been evident is you don't try to do a one-size-fits-all approach to this. You're like, here's kind of like a bit of a smorgasbord of approaches. What will work for you and what will work for you and what will work for you is a, is a great, uh, great approach too. Yeah, and look, that sits across everything, right? Flexible working means something different to everyone. Um, um, recognition means something different to everyone. Well-being means something to different to everyone. And so our approach across all of these things is one size fits one. Um, you know, just flexibility generally across everything we do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So of all the things that you've achieved, uh, let's go broader because uh, you've had a, a career before Zero. You yeah. worked at Air New Zealand, Tower, um, Orion, some of these other mm. um, significant organisations. Is there something that really stands out for you that you're most proud of that you've done in your people career? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, look, I, I think Zero. you know, I've been very fortunate to work on a lot of cool things. You know, we we are agile in the way we work, so we're able to kind of move and pivot and, and get things across the line pretty quick and without too much um, drama. And mm -hmm. um, so the, the piece for me actually that really stands out just because it's so unique and we really went out on a limb and, and really had to work to get the trust of the business to let us go with it was the mindfulness strategy. So, you know, when we first started talking about this two years ago, um, you know, you say mindfulness and people have this view of a monk on the side of a mountain kind of meditating, but, you know, we had a lot of research and science-based um, um, evidence that showed the benefits of mindfulness. And when we connected this to our issue that we'd heard from employees around mental well-being, around stress and workload, for us, it was a no-brainer. So, you know, we had to go on a bit of a journey to get uh, the exec and get, and get the budget and, and make sure it was a, a long-term strategy, even though we went out, did it simple, did it quick, piloted it, tested it, iterated it, got feedback and then got permission to fully go into the strategy. You know, we're two years down the road. We've had 250 employees go through an eight-week course. We've, again, data, measurement. We've had massive increases in resilience, huge reductions in stress, big increases in productivity. And that's even measuring it, you know, six months after they finish the the course. So um, that's a big standout for me, just because mm. it's, you know, in the corporate world certainly it's not so common, and, it, and it, we've just seen such great positive impacts from it. So yeah, that'll be yeah. a big one. In uh, in our own uh, program, active management program, we talk about mindfulness uh, in that context, but also uh, really just being mindful in the work sense of not not operating out of habit, not just going to the next thing, not just jumping back to the inbox, mm. but actually being very mindful about in this next work period, whether that be a half hour or a day or a week, where can I add the most value? What can, what can I do that is going to help shift the needle, alignment to the strategic initiatives of the organisation, just being really mindful around those things. Uh, and look, we've had uh, amazing feedback from people that go mm. actually just getting into that mindful mindset in a work context is... Uh, is very helpful. And Ryan, to, to wrap this up, we have a, a saying here that says, not a lot matters, but what matters matters a lot. <laughs> yeah. For you as Ryan the person, not, not Ryan the zero guy, but Ryan the, the person, what, what matters to you? Oh, yeah. So I, if I think about this from a work perspective, right, you know, this is my jam, right? The employee experience is my jam and that's what motivates me completely. So to see that what we're doing um, and how that's positively impacting 
and affecting our employees. Just it's so powerful, you know, to see people come in motivated, happy, to see the results and the programs, to hear the feedback, and you know, to create this environment where employees can come in and do the best work of their lives is um, it's just so so much. And that's why you know earlier reference the whole getting up and feeling excited about going into work. That's just such a motivator for me. Yep. So yep. yeah, it's awesome. We're, we're yeah. just lucky we get to do the work on these awesome programs. Yeah. It's like this amazing uh, energy circle where you're excited about it, so you come in and do good work. That brings energy to the team. They bring it back to the office. It resonates back. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's brilliant. It's awesome. It's very cool. Fabulous. Look, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I think the insights you've provided have been absolutely brilliant. would like to acknowledge you for... Um, one, what you've achieved at zero, but certainly for your willingness to share, mm. uh, to bring those insights, to be able to share with other people and, and think about how they can make their own people experience uh, better. It's just brilliant. If people want to connect with you online, where can they where can they connect? Yeah, generally I'm kind of LinkedIn at the moment. That's my primary um, um, kind of networking channel. So always happy for people to search me up. Ryan Geezy, unusual spelling, but I'm sure you'll have it on the, on the uh, podcast. So yeah, feel free to connect with me. Okay, we'll uh, put your LinkedIn details in the in the show notes so people can connect. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Love chewing the fat. Nice one. <laughs>